Whether on the go or at the table, get lost in a conversation about everything coffee with your host, Eric Ortiz. Hi, and welcome to Everything Coffee, a podcast that brings in different people weekly from all walks of life to talk about everything coffee, of course. And today I am joined by Nathan Kabeen from Kabeen's Coffee Corner, an online YouTube and Instagram personality that shares coffee reviews, coffee products, coffee education, everything coffee. We talked to Nathan about his journey in coffee, what drives his passion in the world and future of growing into the YouTube and IG world. Very difficult, but he's managed to figure some of it out. You can visit Nathan online on IG and on YouTube at Cabeen's Coffee Corner. That's C-A-B-E-E-N-S, Coffee Corner, all one word. And ladies and gentlemen, Nathan Cabeen. Nathan, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I um. I, I, we always talk to our guests beforehand uh, when we uh, when we started the shows, and I was telling Nathan that I, uh, I I'm constantly looking for for guests to bring onto the show and and uh, promote and and just get them out there because I I think they have something uh, amazing to offer. And uh, on YouTube, I'm always searching on YouTube because I'm constantly looking for products and shouldn't be. My wallet doesn't appreciate what I'm doing to it. Um, but, um, I definitely <laughs> came across you on YouTube and, uh, and definitely was, was, uh, was, was happy to have done so. Uh, you, you're doing some videos on YouTube. I went as far back and saw what, what you were doing and, and you kind of started in flare world. So, so tell me a little bit about where it all started and what you're doing, because you're on YouTube, you're on Instagram, you make videos as, as, as much as you possibly can, because gosh knows life, right? Um, yeah. and, and, uh, that kind of gets in the way. Um, so tell me a little bit about your, your, your beginning paths in terms of what you do. Yeah. So I kind of just started with, um, being newly married and kind of just trying to find the best ways to, um, cut budgets and things like that by not going to coffee shops. So I was looking at getting basically the best value, cheapest espresso make- maker I could find, which um, at the time was the uh, Flare espresso maker. And I didn't find any of the information that I was looking for. And um, a lot of the questions that I was looking to be answered just sure. were very, very difficult to find. So I ended up purchasing a Flare and a few months later, my friend got married about a year later, and we ended up gift, gifting him the flare Why I upgraded to a different flare. Um, and I took both of those flares that I had for about a week or two and just compared them side by side on YouTube just to help people find the differences between the flare classic and the flare signature. They're pretty similar in a lot of ways, and I wanted to be able to like give information that I couldn't find um, very well in a lot of places and made that video, and it just did way better than I expected. Sure. And um, one of my friends suggested that maybe I should try to do a few more and did another one similar with the Encore where I upgraded the burst set on the inside, which also didn't have a lot of information out at the time and was kind of difficult to figure out how to do that process. And that one went well and then just kind of went from there. And uh, about a year and a half ago, I decided I was going to commit to a little bit more. And I pushed out a video every single week since last June, so June of 2021, I think, or June of 2020, a while ago, anyway, um, <laughs> and pushed out a video every single week on, on Fridays just to kind of continue to push myself as um, being a creator and continuing to push out content um, and continue to come up with ideas rather than just being comes, becoming stagnant. So I've been making a video 
uh, every week since. Um, it's been a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun um, over the past couple of years. Kudos to you because I um, I'm in the the the, uh, the YouTube world. I am, and um, I don't produce a video nearly every week. The goal was back when the pandemic started that. When I first started with Java's Jaxi, which is the, the home base, and then we have everything dot coffee dot podcast on IG for those for this podcast. Uh, the whole goal was just to kind of like uh, you know getting into this a hobby. It was a way to kind of get out. It, it's my zen for for personal reasons and because of what I do in, in terms of my real life job. But um, it, it was it, it was a tough task because I think YouTube has just been one of those monsters that. Um, you have to be consistent, I think, and that's what you're showing when you post weekly. Um, but this all started like a whim for you, huh? It just, it just, you had a product, didn't have an answer, and you just felt like, well, why not just create the video myself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was um, just kind of something I never really expected to do, and um, something that um, a lot of people have told me that it's been beneficial for them, and it helped them make some of the decisions that they were making on some of the gear they they purchased and that just brought a lot of joy to me and also just provided a, another fun, fun hobby of um, getting an excuse to play with a bunch of coffee gear that I, <laughs> I shouldn't really own all of it, but um, we, not, none of fun. us should own of it. None of us should own any of it. Um, it. It's for anyone that's listening to it and you're, you're probably a coffee person, but for those that aren't uh, it is a very expensive hobby to be in. Um, it, yep. the equipment is not cheap, you know, even, uh, the least expensive machines out there are, are very costly, but I've seen you do a lot of product reviews or besides the flare, you, you've gone into different realms. I saw you uh, work on the niche. You, you're not a fan of the niche. Are you? Yeah, I ended up, I ended up selling, um, the niche. Um, uh, I just thought there's a new grinder out called the SD 40 by yeah. Turin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, 250 uh, versus a 750 ish or 700 of the niche. And um, the niche is a little bit better, but not like 500 bucks better. So yeah, that, that law of diminishing returns comes in and kicks you in the butt there for the, for the products. Um, Yeah. I saw those reviews and I was like, Oh my gosh, Uh, not everyone loves the product obviously. And I like that you're, you're giving it like how it is in terms of, you know, I, I, here's, here's my reasons why I don't like it. And you kind of go over them. Um, What has been something that you've just, weren't expecting out of this channel and, and creating it over the years that you've had it now. It's what's been a benefit for you and uh, maybe some newfound uh, interest to it. Um, yeah, I think it's just been just like, there's so much into it, whether you want to um, have expensive gear and have the nicest stuff for the best value or whether you just want to get into it at a low cost. Like there's, there's places for everybody. Um, it's nice because like, most reviews are just completely subjective and it's like there's not a right or wrong answer on whether a grinder is good because it's subjective to the person's in the way they're using it, um, whether they're using it in a home or how their kitchen's set up or um, what their taste profile is and what they prefer. Um, there's a lot of differences and a lot of different opinions, which is a great thing because it gives gives me a place and me a voice in, in the midst of uh, people like James Hoffman who have substantially more of a following than I do. Um, and it gives everybody the right to kind of say what they want. Um, but I like to be as, as clear as possible. And I like to like give my full opinion, um, and give clarity because people are kind of looking for answers on whether they should spend 
600 or $700 on a grinder or whether they shouldn't. And um, I find a lot of people usually kind of leave it up to the viewer to decide after throwing out some information, but I like to be completely clear on I would or would not buy this product. Um, it, but it, also it's okay if you disagree with me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and tell me a little bit about that that path when you've taken in YouTube because you say you, you're posting at least once weekly. What's been the struggle you, to keep that going here? Because I, I can imagine, obviously, the gear is expensive. We know that for sure. How, yep. do you, how do you kind of keep it fresh on your side of things for YouTube and IG? Yeah, so I think it's really it's really difficult on the realm of just the financial cost of things. Um, I think one of the things that that is difficult is people expect you to give non biased reviews, which I believe a lot of YouTubers do give non biased reviews. Um, but we also need to take any free product that is given to us um, because it substantially costs costs. So if if somebody's going to offer me a three hundred dollar grinder to review on my YouTube channel, I will take that three hundred dollar grinder review it be completely unbiased if I don't like it I'm going to say it um, and I have to have permission to be able to say that um, but even then it's like there's reviews I want to do that if I do them it's going to cost me $1,200 out of pocket unless somebody sends it to me um, for free to review which a lot of cases that does not happen so it's kind of that that's kind of like the, the difficulty thing is figuring out is it is it worth investing money in certain things for review? Um, because at, at the end of the day, your goal is to not lose money while you're creating this stuff. You're already spending a significant amount of time. I don't want to be like out a couple hundred dollars every single time I review sure. a grinder on YouTube. Um, so I think that's just the biggest challenge is just um, the financial side of, of getting gear. Um, and then if, if you're not in the spot where um, – you're getting free gear is just trying to be creative of what content would be beneficial with what you already have. And, and um, I, I, I don't think people notice or even know how hard it is for YouTube personality to kind of um, do that because not every company out there. And I will say this from, from personal speaking, I have been approached several times by, by bigger named um, corporate companies that want to work together. But then there's some rules attached to it that I just don't agree with. Some of them just, want to just promote something and kind of be unbiased. And, and for me, I, I, I'm not here. I'm, I'm blessed enough to be in a position where, um, I can afford some of these, these items. Um, I do enjoy them on a daily basis. Um, at the same time, I, uh, am just blessed to be able to kind of help others in a position, but for someone yep. that's trying to grow and make this an actual like business. And I mean, my guess is that you're trying to make money off of this at some point or another. Correct. I mean, besides it being fun, there, there is some yeah. hopeful goal to, to make some money. Yeah, that, that would be ideal right now. I'm kind of just at the stage of like any, anything that I make, whether it's between, I have a Patreon account, which sometimes gets money. Other times it doesn't. Um, and ad revenue and all that other stuff. Like I, I get a, some money from it, but almost all of it goes directly back into it sure. um, is kind of where I'm at, um, which, I mean, it has its pros and cons. Like I get a, the privilege of having and playing with expensive coffee gear and um, getting camera equipment and all that stuff that you need for um, producing YouTube videos. But um, that like actual profit isn't there yet. And I do hope, like I never really expect this to be like a full-time gig in my life, but it would be nice if it would subsidize some 
some income for the sure. time that goes into it. It'd be nice to get more coming in rather than going out with some of these yeah, items. Yeah, for sure. So what, what are you rocking right now in terms of your espresso machine and, and uh, maybe some grinders? I know you said the SD40. Very popular right now. Price-wise, yep. it's, it's really good. I I bared Alice on uh, for the Christmas uh, episode, and Barrett is uh, very much a guy that uh, the very – much likes the Turin uh, products and uh, uh, the, 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 I forget which brand it is, or at least the mark, but it's just the SD40 as well as uh, the other marks from Turin uh, for the grinders. Yep. Um, what have you found yourself like just rocking out recently and, and how often do you kind of switch that out? Yeah. So right now my main machine is the Breville dual boiler. Um, and I have that modded with the Slayer mod so I can control flow control yeah. um, from it. And uh, I use that daily because that's the only machine that I have. Um, and, uh, well, I guess, yeah, I sold all my flares, um, so I currently have one on loan. Um, but I have that with an Atom 75 um, by Eureka. Um, I choose that grinder mainly because it's uh, it spits out 18 grams of coffee in about three seconds. Um and then once you once you have that, um, you realize any other grinder just takes forever. It seems like. I, 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 <laughs> let me let me pick your brain on the uh, the the seventy five because I owned it. I had it for for a while, and uh, I, I had this this conversation with Barrett as well. And uh, we, we yeah. talk about uh, the seventy five. I look. I'm a Eureka boy. Was a Eureka boy. I had a started off with the Manuel or in this case it's just just the note black that that they were selling on uh, Seattle coffee gear for some time uh, yeah. here in the US and then I switched over uh, eventually to the 75 and I found myself just kind of like eh, it it's I love it because it's cafe looking it's you know commercial grade it it like you said spits out grinds and and, and faster than you can actually just imagine um yeah. I just found it obviously for my workflow uh, I'm, I'm single dosing. Um, if I'm making anything, I'm making one for my wife as well. I'm not bringing in company or anything in nature. But um, I just found myself just kind of struggling with it because, number one, retention was an issue. Uh, even though I had a single dose hopper uh, that, was, that was 3D printed with weight on there, I still yep. found myself struggling with it. What, what's your what's your kind of take with that? Because I I'm, I don't know what your, your workflow is and if you're making multiple coffees or, or just a single yeah. cup here. Yeah, so um, there's a, a few reasons why. One, my wife drinks decaf. She can't have um, caffeine because of headaches. So um, the SD40 is just her grinder for that um, occasionally, and that's what we use it for. Um, so basically, I, I'm the sole user of the Atom 75 in my household. And um, due to cost of just coffee is expensive, um, what I do is I buy five-pound bag wholesales. Um, a local dealer gave me a deal on it. Um, uh, so I buy five pound bags at a time and freeze half of it. Um, so I'm always on one coffee for quite a while. So the changing of grind settings for coffees isn't a big deal for me um, gotcha. since I'm using the same bean. Um, and I set the one cup dose to purge a little bit out each time to kind of help with that. Um, but mainly it's it's because of convenience. Sure. Uh, convenience factor. Um, the three seconds is just super nice if you have people over. That makes it quite a bit um, nicer if you're making multiple drinks. Um, but, yeah, mainly just because I, I like the the ease of use, lazy factor of not having to wait 20 seconds for, like, a yeast to grind. And don't get me um, wrong. <laughs> I mean, it also produces one heck of a coffee, too. The, the oh, yeah. grind itself. Yeah. I mean, these these Eureka Flathead, I think it's diamond-coated um, uh, burrs yep. inside of them. They are 
amazing. I mean, that machine is going to last you forever. You'll never outlive the burrs. I don't think you will. Uh, and even so, yeah. you, you have plenty of replacements and options available for them. So, so tell me, yeah. why didn't you like the niche? <laughs> Not that I'm, I'm I, 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 now that I've had it, I'm, I'm curious because I don't know a lot of people that, besides, like I said, Barrett, who's had it, he was kind of impressed with it. And then, you know, there, there's a turn. I think that's the killer for a lot of people, right? The price wise. But I saw you kind of going over the niche and, and you're just kind of like, ah, you know, it's, it's, it's good. But I, I, is it the price that really got you? Or is it just the fact that it's not as good? Because I know even Lance, uh, Hedrick, uh, Lance is not a fan of the niche. I know that for a fact. Um, oh, yeah. he's, he's made that very clear that, you know, he, he thinks it's overblown. Um, I, I finally caved in and got the niche. And the reason for me being because I have a flat a burr set. I have the Eureka Oro single dose grinder uh, next yep. to it. I like clarity sometimes, but I tend to find myself making more flat whites with more base coffees that, that are more in the, in the realm of, of traditional coffee. So it's more complex rather than yep. clarity here, but that's my flavor technique. Now, when I make pour overs, I don't even use the oral single dose grinder anymore. In fact, I'm trying to get rid of it now. I'll be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> and, and I've switched over completely just to the, I still have a fellow Ode first generation. I upgraded the birds, uh, birds to the newest Ode uh, Burr sets, the second gens. And then on top of that, I just I just bought myself a little new toy that we'll, we'll talk about in, in a little while. But what what has just been like the thing that's just gotten you about it? I'm just curious. Yeah, so I, I got the niche. Unlike Barry, I bought it for retail, and I didn't pay like the absurd markup that what it was going for <laughs> a while back. Um, I can't believe he did that. Uh, but uh, – yeah, so the niche in in its package, it's like it's super nice. It's super easy to use. Yeah. Um, it's super clean looking. Um, uh, I don't personally like the looks of it, but that's just an opinion thing. So that doesn't make a difference. It, for, it does look a little seventies, um, right? You're just yeah. You're kind of wondering if it was on a Price Is Right, it would probably be on an avocado green color at yeah. some point. <laughs> it's kind yeah, of hot. And, yeah, it, and I I always had to use bellows with it. Um, I didn't feel like it was truly zero retention. Sure. Um, and I found out Bellows helped quite a bit. But I came from a Barazza 270WI. And, um, Good machine. I felt like the niche was being talked up too much. Um, like I just had higher expectations of what it was going to produce. Sure. Um, than what it actually came to deliver. And I found that the... Um, it didn't do well for pour overs in my opinion. It was just a little too muddied for me. And then, um, uh, espresso outlet started selling the DF 64 and it's a 64 millimeter flatbird grinder. And it was 400 bucks, I think at the time. Yeah. And that's 350 bucks cheaper than the niche. And it's like, I would have much rather just bought two of those than one of the niches, even <laughs> with its little quartz. One for, um, one for caffeine, one for decaf, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but even with the little quartz that the DF64 has, like it just seemed like a way better value of a grinder than the niche did. Um, sure. And I think I think if this was a conversation six years ago, five, six years ago, when the niche kind of came out, it was like pretty dominant in the marketplace uh, because there wasn't anything else like it. Um, and I think it did do a better job than the... Uh, Baratza 270WI, um, and that kind of limited you, and you couldn't do pour over at all. Um, so I think it was good at its time, but I think now that it's kind of changed and new grinders have came out, like at 200, 
like I said earlier, that 250 bucks, the the SC40 isn't isn't as good as the niche, but it's not that far off for 500. dollars Yeah, I want and it takes up half the counter space. It it, it does, and I want to say that the Bratza, uh, it was kind of like the um, the staple product to get when you were first getting into coffee. Maybe yep. Just if, and, and and it's just grown so fast. I I want to say that that Bratza was just out there, just you know. Just, just you know, a year ago, two years ago, with this the two seventy, and it was top of the line product. People were in love with it. Um, great product. It's, it's you know, it's it's shown a little bit of age now because people have kind of seen that wears out a little bit more than than they expected it to. Um, yeah. And I want to say that the niche is kind of replacing that ease of use of the Baratza in terms of what it what it does because Baratza was just simple. It was just an easy to dial machine. It produced great coffee, yeah. great espresso grind, and and it just made things easy. I, I want to say the niche kind of falls in that footsteps. Just unfortunately, even looking at the you know two seventy right now, it's about two seventy nine, and a niche is yeah. you're right. You're you're paying whatever the cost of 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 the British pound right now compared to U.S. and that changes daily, and so yeah. you're you're paying for that plus um, uh, international uh, travel and, and stuff for that for that for that product for shipping. Yeah. So it it is a costly option, and seeing that you went to the to the Turin, which uh, Espresso Outlet uh, is is one of the more exclusive individuals. I know I know another brand that's selling it as well, but I, I'm you know it, you're you're right. It it kind of depends on where you're at in terms of your your coffee bar, and I I would suppose that that's what your aim is for with your YouTube channel. IG is just kind of building up these these products and saying you don't have to go that far, but if you did, you could. Yep. What's what's been the one thing that you've been enjoying so much about you doing your YouTube and, as well as IG? Um, I think of just the um, being able to just kind of explore all the new things that are coming out and have a reason to do it. But also, I'm really starting to like the behind the scenes stuff on the more of the realm of just understanding how to use a video camera and stuff like that. So, kind of uh, that was my goal over like the last six months was actually just. Uh, purchase that kind of stuff. Um, I used to film off of an iPhone and a GoPro. Um, so getting an actual camera and just learning that was a surprising joy of YouTube um, that I did not really expect to kind of have. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been enjoying. And, and what's been the the strategy besides just obviously catering to the to the world of coffee and product reviews, educational? What's been the struggle right now, growing and and trying to kind of build up that audience because even me as, as a YouTuber, I, I don't sit here saying like, I, I look, I have 55 subscribers on YouTube. I mean, but I don't post every day. I'm not making it. IG's where I yeah. kind of live, but you're trying yeah. to make it on YouTube. What's, what's the struggle yeah. for a YouTuber to get into that space and trying to break the market a little bit because it, it is dominated, unfortunately, by a few, few familiar faces. I mean, those people out oh, yeah. there that, that are really just, just the, the Kings of, of, of this world. Um, there's, there's a lot of people online that create product reviews and education and they don't get nearly as much. And so the real question is how are you trying to break into that? I think one of the, the goals that I hope to kind of achieve in, in 2023 is just simply better on the editing side of things. Like if you've watched my content before, there's been moments where the audio has been terrible in a video or the video <laughs> has not been great. Um, and there's like, there's no, no B roll, anything like that, which I've noticed like some of the people who, who have these like hundred thousand subscribers that do 
basically the exact same thing that I do. Um, they have those three things that I'm kind of missing in mind. And part of that was just lack of, lack of time. Um, I didn't want to spend all the time editing and, and doing all that. I didn't know how to do it. Um, so, um, like I'm at the point now where like the equipment isn't the problem. It's more of the, the user error <laughs> on that side of things. Um, so I'm hoping to, to spend a little bit more time and, um, I've done a little bit more B-roll stuff now and just kind of learning how to use and produce better videos. Um, because I've, I've heard, and this is not like a boastful thing or anything, but like some people like my videos better than they like some of the people that have a hundred thousand plus subscribers on YouTube. Um, and, and vice versa, it's going to be the same other, other way. We just kind of approach things a little differently. Um, but they, I've gotten comments saying that those are the things that are lacking um, for me in comparison to those because I, a lot of those people, when you watch their screens, like it'll it'll change their the look of their video will change like every few seconds or so. Like it'll be a different angle, it'll be zoomed in, they'll sure. go to B roll. Working so with about three different cameras out there. Yeah, yeah, um, and you you can do all that stuff pretty easily with one camera. It's just taking the time to put all that stuff in your computer, wait for it to load and click all the buttons and spend hours on it versus in the past couple of years of me making videos. Um, it'd be about 15 minutes longer than the video would be my time that I would do spending making the video. Um, so it wasn't, I wasn't putting a ton of time into it. Um, most of the time I would go up there is I, I wouldn't really know what I was going to say before I got into camera, which would make me stumble over my words a little bit more. So it would basically just put a camera up, walk in front of it, talk about whatever I'm talking about and then upload it straight to YouTube and maybe put a please subscribe button somewhere on it. And that would be the extent of my editing. (laughs) Um, So I think increasing that production level on that stuff is really going to help me a lot over the year. And that in getting into as much as I don't want to do it, like Instagram reels and YouTube shorts, um, it's a huge way to grow. It's a struggle. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Trust me, just, just trying to get one out. It, it, in the, and I've had this conversation with several people on the show where we'll, we'll laugh about the idea that we'll spend hours and hours on one single reel and we think it's just gorgeous, it's aesthetic, it's, it's, it's just visually pleasing for everyone and all of a sudden you're just like, oh, it, it didn't get much love at all. And then, uh, and, yep. then, and then one simple video you post, um, very rough editing, very rough everything, and all of a sudden you have like thousands of likes on that and you're just like, wondering and scratching your head just like what's the formula to getting all of this in so i think a lot of that has to do with like our uh, algorithms on on uh, instagram and youtube and that's a struggle to figure out for for anyone that's on youtube um how how have you kind of approached that in terms of trying to kind of keep your audience engaged with with i I would say with with that lack of understanding the the algorithm so much and it changing almost, you know, it seems daily. It's, uh, it feels like that at least. Yeah. I haven't done much on, on that realm of learning that algorithm and stuff. I just, I just know there's one video that I made that I took a lot of production time on. And this was like a year or so ago. It got like 150 views. And then there was like the Baratza encore one that I filmed with a shaky GoPro in one hand. And didn't even know the names of the tools got like 30,000 views. And I was like, I don't understand um, why, why this is the way it is. Um, uh, uh, so I haven't, I haven't done too much, but I think the main thing that I've kind of found is the videos that nobody else has do a lot better. Um, yeah. 
like if I throw a video out about the niche zero, um, you can watch about a dozen plus other sure. ones. It, on it, it gets Probably lost. More than that. It gets lost. Uh, uh, lost in a wash because there's just. I mean, you put a niche and it's going to come up with thousands of of posts. Yeah, but um, yeah, and you'll have the bigger named people whose um, opinions are more important than mine. And I say that because they've actually worked in the coffee realm and know substantially more than what I know. Um, you should listen to their opinion probably before you should listen to mine. Um, but I've noticed that like things like like the flare videos, people didn't have those when I had it. Um, they didn't have the Verazza encore bird change that I had. And the weirdest one is there's not as many like travel mug reviews out there. Um, as most people like, I would expect more people to look like, Oh, which $500 grinder should I buy? Because I'm about to spend 500 bucks. I want to do it right. But more people, it seems like they're interested in uh, which $30 travel mug should I buy? Um, it, it's funny so, you say that. It's funny you say that because I, um, I, I don't usually travel with coffee when I, when I go to work uh, and I have to be at the office on a certain day of the week, I'll sometimes make um, some, some batch brew coffee of, you know, either Chemex pour overs of different things that I have around. And, and I like to share that with people at work. And uh, that's the only time I carry coffee. But what I find myself not doing is when I'm actually driving around and, and my job, I, I have to drive a lot uh, to different places and um, I never take coffee with me. I just don't. I'm not the kind of person that carries a, a traveling mug. I, I, I just I like to enjoy my coffee at home. However, I just thought, well, you know what? I, I, I think it's time to change that around. And um, I, I was looking at different travel mugs. And, and we already had one. My wife has her fellow uh, Carter Move mug. And, um, yep. and, and it was one of those things where I'm just like, all right, well, I, I guess I'm going to get something. But then I started looking at reviews. And that's how I kind of encountered you, was looking at that review about the Carter mug and, and what you were doing with it and, and uh, your likes about it and so forth. But I, I finally got the Carter Move mug. <laughs> and, and I was thinking to myself, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I'm glad I got it. Um, it, it I, I'm, a, I'm an aesthetic person, so I like white. Um, okay. And, and I ended up going with that because I was looking at those videos, including yours. Oh, nice. Yeah, so so it, it does work. I mean, YouTube does work in trying to capture that audience because, I mean, I was looking specifically for travel mugs. And, and you're right. There aren't a lot of videos out there that have yeah. bigger named, I guess, individuals that just focus on those aspects of it. And you're kind of hitting a market where not many people kind of dive into, and maybe that's kind of like a little, excuse upon the niche, uh, you know, whether you've, you've accessed into and worked into, are you working on anything special right now? Um, well, I got another travel mug video coming out on awesome. Friday. If I assume, assume I edit it, but, um, I'm trying to figure out, I haven't dove too much into water, um, which is a big aspect while brewing. So, um, I got a couple different water filters and, um, things like that that I'm hoping to get into a little bit more soon. Um, and then uh, there's been uh, leaks coming – or not leaks. I guess it's official now from Fellow. But they're coming out with a new uh, grinder. Yeah. Um, it's been on some forums. Uh, it's a 40-millimeter uh, conical burr grinder um, at I think $200 is what they're aiming for, which is going to be really interesting. So um, I'm going to pick that up in – uh, when it comes out, which should be in the next couple of months and put that next to the SD 40. The conical's then, coming back, isn't it? Yeah. Which I mean for 200 bucks to get into like an, a, 
electric grinder um, for espresso is just shocking. Um, and, how in, well fact, that is now. in fact, I think the only brand and the only espresso grinder you can get that's kind of like espresso as well as pour over is probably the Breville Smart Grinder. That, that yep. I think starts at around one ninety nine. You can find it much cheaper depending if you have coupons or anything like that. But I think yep. that's that's probably like a good entry point unless you're going into like some hand grinds and you can get the Easy Prezzo, which is, you know, not not relatively cheap, but it's it's a lot cheaper than maybe going with, a, you know, the niche or even the Turin because that's about $150 yep. less. But, yeah, it, it's an interesting market that's kind of growing out there, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you kind of do more of those reviews and, and more of these travel ones. I, li- I like that, and the idea of water, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited for that because it's now it's like once – we figure out kind of which one's the best kind of go-to conical burr that's under that, that 250 range between the Breville, the SD40 and the fellow, like for under 400 bucks, you can get a flare and an electric burr grinder. Um, and that's a pretty good setup for basically anybody at home. Like you really don't need that much more than that unless you're making milk drinks. Um, everybody wants more than that, but you really, you really don't need much more than that. You don't. Uh, a couple hundred dollar manual espresso machine you should be all right for most things it, 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 and i agree with you i um uh, i sometimes think to myself i said look i could get the baby bambino uh, the, from breville have a have a decent grinder and and i'd be producing the same exact coffee uh than i am yep. right now and and i would have spent a, a fraction of, you know half of that um with that setup but uh something about this just makes me happy <laughs> oh yeah like, it, it's like a, a little those, joy yeah seeing those like expensive like three five thousand dollar special machines like it would look really cool but like the marginally better shots that you'd get versus and, and it's my thousand dollars yeah and one. it's minute it, and for anyone that's in yeah. this and if you if you just don't have coffee on a routine basis you don't care you're, you're not going to be pulling shots of a geisha or anything specific like that you're you're going to probably just have some cheap beans um and and supporting a local roaster that's the hope at least and and just making yep. better coffee than being you know getting store bought coffee and uh god knows what the what the actual date of roastering was on that that coffee but um it, it is it is an amazing world we live in so where do you find yourself hopefully hopefully finding yourself Nathan starting January 2024 where do you hope to be? Because it's just started the year. We got a whole lot of, uh, of resolutions, a whole lot of ideas that we have. Where do you hope to be in one year's time? Well, I hope to um, just have a better grasp on the, the production side of things. Um, I've been, been debating a lot on whether I'm going to jump. Well, continue in the coffee ship, but jump into a roasting side of it. Um, but that's a whole nother can of worms that I don't know <laughs> if it's if it's worth getting into or or not getting into. Um, I'm doing some work like uh, on the side for Espresso Outlet, and they they stock um, a couple. They're stocking a couple different roasters here soon, so I'm debating on if I want to jump in and and get in that market um, and learn and understand and and do some videos regarded home roasting. I've done, I think maybe one like a long time ago, but that was on a popcorn popper. So it barely counts as roasting. (laughs) Um, um, So just kind of learning and continuing to grow in it. Um, But um, I think roasting could be a potential like doorway to open up 
more funds to put into videos um, since roasting is going to cut the cost back from like $20 a bag of beans to like five. Oh yeah. Um, it, it completely is, shifts. It's, it's the game. huge, but it, there's definitely a lot of learning into it. Um, and um, as much as like far down the rabbit hole, you can go on under home brewing. I'm, I have a feeling roasting's way worse uh, um, of a rabbit hole of just how much things can change by one degree and, and learning and, and discovering that. Um, but I think that that could be a direction that I'm hoping to be at maybe by then. Absolutely. Um, of just being able to provide a little bit more sustainability since like when you do a YouTube channel, you go through way more coffee than you should. Um, <laughs> because there, there's moments where it's like I did a bunch of different electric grinders um, a few months back. And that means I had to grind multiple shots for every single one of those electric grinders to figure out which one tastes better, which means you take one sip of it or so and then basically pour it down the drain. Um, and that burns through a lot of coffee dialing in these grinders and, and testing all those things. So home roasting could potentially unlock the opportunity to figure to save some money on that realm of things. Um, because I will go through a whole five pound bag a month by myself. Um, typically, um, I, th- I, th- I think you got a problem there, Nathan. I think, yeah. I think we, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered if there's a, um, like an alcoholic anonymous, but for, for, uh, for caffeine usage from us for, uh, Dude, coffee. It's super bizarre though. Cause I can just not drink any coffee for a week and be perfectly fine. This is true. I, I, I know people say it's like, Oh, you drink a lot. And like, not really. I have maybe two cups of coffee a day. And, uh, yeah. sometimes I'll have coffee right before bed and, and I'll sleep, sleep like a baby. I have no problem with it. Um, as compared to some people where, Cup, cup of coffee and that's it you know they're they're a little rocket that just goes off here um yeah it's it's always amazing but nathan i uh i am so happy you you've joined us and and talked about your your passion for what you're doing and everything that's going on with the the channel on ig as well as on youtube where can people find you uh yeah you can find me on uh like you said instagram and youtube at cabine's coffee corner it's the same for both um currently it's a little logo white logo with a tamper on it um, but that's subject to change um at some point but that's where we're at now and probably will be for the next few months nathan i am so happy we had you on and can't wait to see more coming up from you this year and hopefully you're at that goal in 2024 We'll, we'll bring you back on to talk about all those things in future yeah that'd be great thank you so much nathan hang on there and don't forget to subscribe to everything coffee on apple spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts and follow us on instagram at everything.coffee.podcast check out our website at everythingcoffee.podbean.com and thank you for listening and doing your part in supporting businesses around your city and around the world